We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Twenty minutes a day. 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What's going on, Packer fans? Happy Thursday. Welcome into an all-new episode of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. But far more importantly, you can follow my guest on Twitter at Carmi V. She is a expert on the NFC North over at Fox Sports. She is my good friend, Carmen Vitali. Carmen, how the heck are you doing? Uh, I'm good. It's been a hectic week already. Uh, but I was in I was in Vegas for Monday Night Football for that uh, kind of what ended up being a debacle of a game for the Green Bay Packers. But uh, yeah, we're, we're we're chugging along. Well, I want to start there because I know you were in Vegas. You got to witness that train wreck up front and personally. So uh, what was your view of Packers Raiders from the press box uh, in Vegas? And what were kind of your key takeaways from that game? It looked very, it looked the most disjointed that I've seen the Green Bay Packers look this season so far, which is saying a lot when you have a young quarterback, a first year starter progress just isn't linear that's that was my main takeaway from the game is that there are going to be games like this I think a lot of it had to do and I'm not the first person to say this I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that they expected Aaron Jones to be able to go in that game and the game plan varies drastically when you have him and when you don't so having to make all those last minute adjustments when you figured out that you weren't going to actually have Aaron was that I think that's a lot of the wrench into things and I mean at the half the leading receivers for the Green Bay Packers were all three of the tight ends. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, okay, so Christian Watson is here. Romeo Dobbs is here. Romeo Dobbs never got going in that game. And mm-hmm. I just think that a lot of it had been tailored towards, again, Aaron Jones being able to be that versatile guy that really Jordan Love can rely on. And without him, Jordan Love looked a little lost. It's funny. You used the the buzzword that I've been using all week and that's just disjointed. This team just looks disjointed. 
trying to find an identity, something they can do well, a player they can go to in a clutch situation. Like, and, and I think the other thing that I think a lot of people have been pointing out too, it'll be like, you know, even when you do get Romeo involved, then he drops a pass on a key play in the yeah. final drive of the game. And even when you do get Christian Watson screaming down the sideline wide open for a potential game winner, Elton Jenkins gets beat and there's your opportunity gone there where then Jordan Love has to escape the pocket, then get his eyes downfield. Then he throws late. And it's just like, Everything is compounding on itself. And one small mistake by one player is having this domino effect. And the, the hard part is, is it might be Jordan on one play. It might be Elton on the next. It might be Josh Myers and then Romeo Dobbs. And it's just like every play. And it's the same thing on the defensive side of the ball, but it's not the same player usually over and over. And it's just a consistent bleh is, I'm gonna, is my technical term for it. I was kind of wondering throughout as the game progressed, I was like, okay, who switched the Bears and Packers offenses? Because what we saw out of the Packers was what I had been watching the Chicago Bears do. Yeah. And to your point, where one thing was just off on every play and it wasn't the same thing every time. You couldn't point to the same guy every time. Um, but that was what I had seen out of the Chicago Bears up until the last couple of weeks where we've seen them kind of figure a few things out on offense. So I was like, wait a second. Did there some, was there some voodoo thing that happened? Like, was there, is there planets that are in alignment that kind of switched? Was it a freaky Friday situation? I know this Friday is Friday the 13th. Like, did, did something happen in anticipation of that with these two teams? Just, but no, I, honestly, it's a team game for a reason. And you have to, there's so many things that have to go right on any given football play that honestly, the more I learn about it, I'm like, it's a wonder that any of these go right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, very, very true. I think you just broke me though. I think I was mostly coping through the course of the week uh, with everything. And then when you said this is very, the, the hard part is that it's true. Like the, a lot of the same things of the complaints that were going on with the bears early in the year of wide receivers in the same spot. There were multiple times where tight ends and wide receivers in this game were in the exact same spot on the field. And it's just like that, that the attention to detail stuff has been so poor and that stuff can't happen in the NFL. If you want to have any level of success, even when the Raiders, a bad football team are playing a bad game and they try to give you opportunities at the, at the end to win it by kicking a 50. At the end. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> whew, that, that was, that was a tough one. That was a very big, tough one. Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, to have one of the worst coaching blunders we've seen in recent memory uh, out of Josh McDaniels and then to see the Packers have a minute, 56, 56 seconds left on the clock with a timeout. I mean, that's what two minute drill dreams are made of. Like that's, that was, that was it. And honestly, there had been some momentum building in that second half because apparently the Packers are a second half team this year. And you thought that maybe this was going to be the drive, especially like on the first couple plays, Jordan yeah. Love got the tight end. Luke Musgrave was just on fire, seven yard completion, eight yard completion, a couple of the plays later. And you're like, all right, maybe this is where they figure it out. And then, yeah, like you said, just Jordan having to roll out because Elton got beat and throwing that ball late. Uh, I kept saying that he was, he made, he tried to make the play when all he needed was a play. A play. You were, you still, you, you just needed to get the first down. You had plenty of time. Like I said, you had the timeout. You just needed the first down. You didn't need the touchdown at that point. So I get it. He, listen, he wanted to redeem himself for some of the mistakes earlier in the game. And I completely understand that out of a young guy. Um, but it clearly didn't work out. It, so. it did not. 
and let's your point, like the hard part is, is like, it feels like if the Packers make that decision and they are the ones that are kicking the field goal up for, and they miss a 50 yarder and they give the other team the ball, it just feels like that team's going down and scoring every single time. So now green Bay gets there nine out of 10 times, the other team screws it up and then they can't take advantage. They throw the pick. So just sort of that day. We all remember our first time in Vegas as a young person, that that's what green Bay went through in that specific game. You had a great article about uh, Jair Alexander, and it's actually something that, uh, has probably um, unacceptably flown under the radar a little bit for me this week. I haven't talked about it yet, despite talking about this like two times a day, every single day. Uh, I haven't talked about the Jair Alexander comment of him basically saying, well, we just can't allow, <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, but we basically can't allow points at this point. Um, what was your takeaway? And I know, again, you did a great job writing that article over on Fox Sports. I appreciate that. But I, honestly, it, it, I understand the place that it came from with Jair. Jair is a guy that speaks his mind um, yep. regardless. And I think that he says the quiet parts out loud, which we appreciate as journalists. But the sentiment behind it was that they are putting the responsibility for this team's success on the defensive shoulders. And that's what I've been saying, honestly, this entire offseason into the season where Jordan Love needs to be able to rely on his defense. His defense needs to be able to bail him out because he's going to make mistakes. And that's what we saw. The frustrating part is when the defense does bail you out. I think they had three points, three total points off those turnovers um, that Jordan Love committed, the, the interceptions. Uh, when you when they do hold up their end of the bargain and you still can't manage to win again when we talked about they had a chance to win at the end still, that's where that frustration comes in. So I completely understood it from Jair's perspective. And again, it was him recognizing that they have a young offensive core and they really need to be able to be the ones that bail these guys out every now and again. Um, it was just the quiet part out loud. And I, I don't think there was malice behind it. I don't think that there's any sort of tension in the locker room because of that. those comments. Again, I think that was well understood. And progress is not linear. And no. you, or you're going to go through these things. And I don't – I hate the way that we, as a collective sports community, swing so far in one direction and the other just at the drop of a hat. I mean, I see it with all of the fan bases I cover. One bad game and you're ready to say tank for Caleb Williams or Drake May. It's like, no, that's, that's – I mean, I, I'm not saying Packers fans that they haven't gone that far yet. But this isn't a sucky team. This, this, this team doesn't suck. It's a good team. It's just a young team. And these are the growing pains that you're going to experience. Most of life is lived in that gray area. And the, the Packers are in that gray area. But there's no need to, you know, jump ship and be, like, super dejected about this loss. They're going to continue to figure it out. The beautiful thing about the National Football League is that every game feels so important. Um, the downside is that when every game feels so important, the sky is either falling or you're winning the Super Bowl after every single week. And it's just, it's so easy to have that pendulum. I mean, I, I'm not throwing Bears fans under the bus because the Packers fans have their own things they're going through right now. But like two weeks ago, it was like, it's time to put in Tyson Bajant. You got to see what Tyson Bajant can do at quarterback for the Bears. And now Justin Fields, we're right back to MVP candidate, like sign him to the long-term deal. Like the pendulum swings very fast in the NFL. It does. It does. And I, for everybody's mental health, just just don't. You don't have to go there. I promise. I promise you, you don't have to get on board with those pendulum swings. You can just try and ride that wave, which is something, actually, I think Jordan Love does really well. He's yeah. the quintessential quarterback in the sense that he never gets too high and he never gets too low. And that's something that's needed. And that's one of those intangible things that makes me believe that Jordan Love is going to get better and he's still going to be a good player in this league. 
I think so too. I was asked about that this week is like, well, is his demeanor like not like, is, is he not fiery enough or whatever? Like, I just don't see it at all. I feel him as like, uh, like everything's like composed, calm, poised. Like you can tell he cares about everything. He's extremely driven. I don't, I don't see any downside to the way that he has his brand of leadership and how he kind of leads by example with that poised and calm demeanor. I've, I see no issue with it whatsoever. I did want to talk a little bit about those Chicago Bears. We talked last week. We thought maybe this week, uh, this past week, was going to go chalk uh, for the NFC North. It did not. We got a little bit. Uh, the, the Chiefs yeah. did beat the Vikings. The Lions did win their game as well uh, against the Panthers. However, the two other ones, not so much. The, the Bears do shock the Commanders and pick up their first win of the season. Of course, we already talked about the Packers losing to the Raiders as well. But now, again, Fields and DJ Moore on the rise a little bit, and the Chicago Bears look quite a bit different than they did even just a a little bit over a week ago. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, Packer fans? It is time that you make Little Caesars, which is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day routine. If you guys know anything about me whatsoever, you know that I love pizza, that every time the Packers win, I have a victory pizza. And what you should also know is that victory pizza is from Little Caesars. I This is no joke. Little Caesars, by far and away, my favorite pizza. What you can do is you can order online during their Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day on Sunday. And then you can get ready for football and fun Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza, pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. For me, I have the same order every single time. I'm going with their hot and ready pizza, pepperoni, no questions about it. And more importantly than anything else, always, 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 always get the crazy bread. It is, in my opinion, the best food that you can get on the market. I'm not joking. I love crazy bread. Love, love, love crazy bread. Get it every single time. You win when you get crazy bread. And speaking of winning, Literally everyone scores with convenient delivery or their in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends, enjoy a few slices during the game, and always get your victory pizza from Little Caesars. You won't regret it. Pizza, pizza. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? In college, I personally dealt with an addiction that was tough to get over. And while my mind kept telling me to do the right things and I wanted to do the right things, it was always hard trying to make the right choices in real time. What I eventually found out was that therapy can help you figure out what's holding you back and how to work for yourself instead of against yourself. 
Therapy has helped me with my past struggles and helped make me a better person today for my friends and my family. Therapy has helped me learn my trigger points, my destructive habits, and what positive steps to take to ensure that those negative behaviors turn into positive ones. If you're even thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be catered to your schedule and flexible to your individual needs. Make your brain your best friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash packaday to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com. Hello, friends. Today we're brought to you by Manscaped, who has taken a step up from Balloween to bring your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen. So this season, no need to toil in trouble. Manscaped's all-new handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble. Featuring a compact design and next-gen skin-safe technology, the handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Get the sweetest treat this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and using code PACKADAY for 20% off plus free shipping. I recently picked up Manscaped new handyman and friends. It is amazing. There are so many incredible aspects, but the fact that it has one guard that can trim to 20 different beard lengths is a game changer. Their skin safe technology is legit and getting through a full shave without any nicks and cuts gives me all the confidence in the world to go for that smooth, close shave. Oh, and you can use it for wet or dry use as well. So this amazing device does absolutely everything. Right now you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code packaday at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using code packaday. For a look as sweet as candy, get yourself the handyman from Manscaped. It's finally football season, which means it's also finally daily fantasy football season. And while I get excited to play daily fantasy every year around this time, I'm even more excited this year because I'll be using prize picks for all my daily fantasy selections. Prize picks is really simple to play. You can make picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Even better, they offer ultra quick withdrawals to make all your transactions super fast and easy. Also keep an eye out for weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. My favorite, Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, prize picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Before football season ramps up, I've been using prize picks for my MLB and college football picks as I prep for a season of winning in daily fantasy football. The experience has been amazing and it's increased my daily enjoyment of watching Brewers and Badger games. Now, it's time to get some Jordan Love entries in prior to this weekend's game. The great thing for me is that they offer Apple Pay, which makes depositing money into my account so incredibly easy. So what are you waiting for? Join me on Prize Picks by going to prizepickscom packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepickscom packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Yeah, I said after the Broncos game, though they lost the game, they had started to figure things out on offense, it looked like, but I was looking for consistency there. I was looking for, all right, stick with the play action game, the RPO game, that kind of stuff. Make sure that you incorporate more designed runs for Justin Fields. Give him kind of some outs a little bit and and let him push the ball down the field on his first or second read. And those were the things that I was looking for consistency in to see if they had really turned a corner on offense. I still am hesitant to say they've completely turned the corner, but we saw exactly more of that in the game against or in the game last week against the, the commanders. And I was like, okay, so it seems like some things have started to click. Maybe Luke Getze in a lot of ways realized that his initial plan for this offense just wasn't going to pan out no matter how many reps they ended up giving Justin Fields and the rest of the offense. I think the offensive line got a spark from Tevin Jenkins coming back in, which I love that character arc for Tevin Jenkins, because this was a guy that was 
a couple years ago, I mean, even last year, Bears fans were like, do we, like, they didn't know if they wanted him on the team still. And he faced his fair share of criticism. And to his credit, he, even through injury, he has worked himself back and become a strength for this offensive line in Chicago. So I really appreciate that about Tevin Jenkins and the fact that they were still had him on a little bit of a pitch count, it seemed like, because he wasn't in there for the whole game. And I need, I need to see more of that. I need to see him be in the game consistently um, in order for that to really take hold for the offensive line there. But on the whole, Luke Getze seems to have realized that he needs to tailor this offense down to what Justin Field does well, Fields does well. Not to mention, you see DJ Moore go off like he did. Yeah. And it's because this guy has three yards of separation on any given route. He is a special player from that regard. And what that does is it buys his quarterback time. And that's why you saw him be so consistently productive in Carolina, despite some subpar quarterback play, is because by the time the DB can get to him, he's gotten to his spot, turned around, waited for the ball for a split second, which gives the quarterback time to recognize that he's open and get the ball there before the before the DB can get there. I mean, we're talking a matter of split seconds at this point, yep. but it matters. And so I think we finally saw that kind of breakout for DJ Moore where he figured out what he needs to do in order to still get the ball from Justin Fields. And I, I, I in credit to Justin Fields, he was the one that executed this version of the offense well. Um, I still think that he needs to get better at his anticipation throws. He needs to get better at reading the field and getting through his progressions. He's still holding on to the ball a little too long, which is making life kind of hard for that offensive line. But things are trending in the right direction, and that's encouraging for Chicago. And I'm with you. I'm not willing to be like, all right, the Bears are fixed. Everything's golden. Everything's good to go from here on out. But I think it's also a, a, an important reminder of like sometimes when things hit their worst is when you kind of find out who you are and you actually find some solutions to things. So uh, how you respond to some of those situations and scenarios. And I think we all know in Chicago, if they didn't figure out something pretty quick, there were going to be some things that you know drastically changed within that organization. Jobs were probably going to get lost. Again, I'm not saying they might still not or whatever, but that's that you get to that desperation moment. And all of a sudden it's incredible how some of your best ideas and stuff might come out of those situations. Even when it's the, the, you know, some of the worst case scenarios, maybe you go into Vegas and lose to a Raiders team on the road. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes you can find some uh, hopeful, uh, hopefully some creative solutions and some things that can work moving forward and actually learn from some of those things that you did poorly in your uh, previous game. So hopefully that's the case for green Bay. Now, another team in the division. It's just chocked full of explosive playmaking teams right now. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings, they fall to the Kansas mm-hmm. City Chiefs. They put up a, a pretty decent fight, but now mm-hmm. you've got Justin Jefferson on injured reserve, and this team is not trending in the right direction. And there's some Kirk Cousins trade talk. I know you wrote an article uh, about a competitive rebuild. Is that is that a thing? Can you be competitive in a rebuild? I think Green Bay had some maybe hopes of that as well. It hasn't gone super stellar for either team. Question Joe Mensa, general manager of the Vikings, even said when he made those competitive rebuild comments that we know this isn't how most teams do it. Yeah. We're choosing to do this anyway. We know most teams tear everything down and then build from the ground up. And I think you're seeing now why that's such a common approach, a more common approach than trying to stay competitive while you're making these sweeping changes to scheme and and personnel and all of, and the coaching staff and everything like that so 
we're seeing this really rocky kind of bumpy road. But to Kwesi's point, the Vikings have been competitive. They're not contenders. There's, those, those things are different. But they have been competitive because they have still been in every game that they've lost. Every game they've played this season has been a one-score game. They've lost by eight or less points every time, and they won by eight or less points. Yep. Um, but that's what you're kind of seeing and expecting. And I said it before the season where this is an instance where Minnesota could have a better roster on paper but a worse record than they did last year. And that's exactly what we're seeing. I still think that because of that competitive factor, there's no way that you – surrender your starting quarterback because especially given the fact that your number two quarterback Nick Mullins also went on IR with Justin Jefferson you have Jalen Hall or Jaron Hall excuse me as your number two who is a untested rookie fifth round rookie mind you and then Sean Mannion who is still in the league as your number three so you don't have a good option behind Kirk Cousins and not to mention a quarterback being dealt in the middle of a season is just completely unprecedented even from another team's perspective, something dire would have to happen to a team that is ready to contend to bring in a new starting quarterback from the outside that doesn't know the system that needs to get adjusted to something like that. I mean, I know like nine teams run this Shanahan McVay, like some variation of this offense, Packers included. Um, but it's just, it doesn't make a lot of sense that you would deal a starting quarterback with, you know, with this much time left in the season. Um, and you can't, and this would be Minnesota tanking. I yeah. mean, they would be completely giving up. And I, I mean, I don't know that the NFL could disallow it, but I'm sure they strongly discourage something like that because that's that's as obvious of a tank job as you can get. Um, yeah. I don't see that happening. I get that with with Justin Jefferson out, they're kind of between a rock and a hard place, but that just doesn't make a lot of sense to me, especially again, when they've been competitive this, this far in the season. I'm with you. I think it would take an injury to a competitive team's quarterback, like a Tua Tagovailoa would be somebody that comes to mind. Like if Tua all of a sudden suffered a season-ending injury this week, and again, I'm not speaking that into existence. They're playing great, so I definitely yeah, please know it's not the case. Yeah. But if he were to suffer something where he's out for the year, then I could see a team like Miami, who is a legitimate contender, and maybe like they have to make. I would think they'd have to at least make the phone call and be like, "Hey, is this guy available? Is there something that we could do to bring him in for the remainder of this season?" But yeah, I, I, it would be a big waving of the white flag for Minnesota. I don't necessarily see that coming to fruition. And now you've got this really interesting game this week between the Vikings and the Bears, where I think a couple of weeks ago, you'd have just been like, oh, the Vikings will win that easily. And maybe they start riding the ship. But now that, that game's a lot more interesting with no Justin Jefferson. Bears have a, weirdly enough to say, a little bit of momentum. The Vikings don't right now. How do you see that game going this week? It's going to be very interesting because, I mean, listen, the Bears defense is still, they, they've made some good strides also. I mean, we talk a lot about the offense and the offense strides that they've made and, and the defense has done the same over the last couple of games. Um, they've gotten more pressure finally, but I don't know that. I think Minnesota's offensive line, now that they have Garrett Bradbury back at center, especially that in the interior uh, of the line and then Christian Darisaw left tackle, I mean, those guys can can hold the pocket. And provided Minnesota stops turning the ball over, which I think they're going to do every week, and they don't, they keep turning it over. Um, if they don't turn the ball over, they still have a shot. And I, I think that they have a more complete team still, even without Justin Jefferson, than the Bears currently do. Um, but you're right. I mean, momentum, say what you want about it. I think that there's, there's something to be said for that, you know, as intangible as it is. But – uh, it, it could go either way. And it is at home in Chicago. 
And I think with the prospect that the Bears could actually win this game, we'll draw out, a, you know, a rowdy crowd from, from Bears fans who, who have been known to get pretty rowdy. So I, 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 can't, I can't call it, honestly. This is, this is a really interesting matchup. And I think that there's going to be a lot of adjustments to this Minnesota offense that might take a little while to, get, to take hold with Justin Jefferson out just because of the field-tilting player, to use a football cliche, um, as he is. And he, he opens up so many favorable matchups for TJ Hawkinson, Jordan Addison, KJ Osborne. So without him on the field, how productive can those guys be if they're the ones now getting doubles and stuff like that? I can't believe I'm saying this. I think I'm going Bears in this one. I think I'm going Chicago Bears wow. in this one. But we'll, we will see. So book the Vikings as you're, if you're betting in Vegas this week, because I'm probably getting that one wrong. But I'm going, I think I'm going Bears in that one. All right, quick look before we get you out of here. Uh, the, the team that's actually doing well in the division, by the way, is the Detroit Lions. They are tearing it up. And yeah. right now it seems like they might just run away with the division. They've got a sort of interesting one too, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming off a of bye. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield, a little bit of a resurgent year from him. What do you make of Lions Bucks? Uh, I I'm I'm a woman torn right now. Not a woman scorned, but a woman torn. Uh, I worked for Buccaneers for six years, and so I know that coaching staff very well. I know a lot of those players very well. I have a special place in my heart for that team. Uh, and I did say in the beginning of the season, I was like, I think this team is going to surprise a lot of people because they didn't lose a ton of guys. Uh, they lost Tom Brady, but if anybody was going to get the best out of Baker Mayfield, it was going to be the guy that helped do that with Geno Smith in Seattle, in Dave Canales, who is their new offensive coordinator. And his scheme has been very multiple. Uh, They're still having issues running the ball, and I think that's more to do with personnel than it is anything else. They put a lot on Rashad White, who is my my Sun Devil son. Um, I love love Rashad White. I just don't know that, you know, he can carry that load. So it's one of those chicken or the egg thing. Are you not producing in the run game because of personnel, or do you not have the personnel – um, you know, to, to, to do it essentially um, to, to be effective in the ground game, but they have two of the best receivers. We'll see if Mike Evans um, is, is hundred percent. I know he's working through some injury, um, but Chris Godwin is back to the player that he used to be before his ACL tear. Um, and they've gotten some production out of those tight ends as well. So this is another really tough one to call, but at the same time, the Lions defense is now the reason that these guys are winning games. I mean, the offense is still scoring points. They're just a really balanced team. I think this might be a sneaky defensive game because of the fact that both defensive coordinators, too, are so close. So Aaron Glenn, Detroit's defensive coordinator, played for and is in credits Todd Bowles as a mentor. They are very, very close. Um, and Aaron, the way that Aaron Glenn runs his defense, it's a different scheme, but these schemes are so fluid these days. It hardly matters what your base is. Yeah. Uh, it takes a lot from Todd Bowles' playbook and just the way that he kind of operates. They're very much the same when it comes to being teachers and the way that they operate with their staff and how they address their players and how they kind of mold their systems to what players they have. They're both very, very good at that. And I think both of them, you know, are, are going to be like, hey, no, Todd wants to say, I'm still your teacher. And, and Aaron Glenn wants to say no, but the, the, the teacher is, or the, the pupil has become the teacher or the pupil has become the master. Um, I think that's going to be very interesting and a, and a cool storyline to watch between these two coaches and just how much of a defensive matchup this could end up being. 
I'm a million percent with you. I think this is very much going to end up being a defensive struggle. I'm going Detroit barely in this one as well. Don't feel great about it. I think Tampa Bay is playing a really fun brand of football, but I'm going to say the Lions pick up the win. I think they're playing great, great football. And I think these are the, yeah. the games that Detroit usually didn't win in the past that I think they're going to start winning this season because that's the type of team that they are. Carmen, you are absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for joining every single week. Tell the awesome people where they can find you on social media. Uh, Carmi V, C-A-R-M-I-E-V on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, TikTok. <laughs> and, uh, so that's course, where all my stuff ends up. And of course, follow her over on Fox Sports as well. Uh, she does amazing work. Again, she had a couple great articles on Jair Alexander this week, the rebuild uh, slash competitive rebuild of the Minnesota Vikings and a ton of other stuff. So give her a follow, check out her work. Again, you can follow her at Carmi V. You can follow me at Andy Herman NFL. You can follow the podcast at Packaday Podcast. That does it for us. But until next time, and as always, Go Pack Go.